This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello and welcome to episode 45 of What Most People Think. How the fuck are you? I hope that earlier this week you were nursing a massive hangover from getting down back down the pub. Did you go to the pub? Did you support did you support the, the pub economy? Did you? A lot of people didn't. Turns out there's a lot of fannies in this country, don't they? They just sit there going, I just, you know, I just don't feel ready to go. Get down the fucking pub, okay? It's one of the rare occasions in your life where you'll be able to develop a mild drink problem. You go three times a week and you can say, I'm doing it for the economy. I'm doing it for the economy. What your alcoholism will never be more noble than it is right now. Now I I had a pint, and you'd be saying, "What pint did you have, Jeff?" This is the crucial thing. I had a pint of Peroni. Now I might get some stick for that for being like a basic beer bitch or whatever it is I am, but um, I like the basic stuff that I'm supposed to like. I'm sorry. What can I say? I like I like science fiction films. I like films with robots and spaceships. I like you know I like curry. Right, I like Nando's. I like all the stuff I'm supposed to like. Uh, but look, and hey, you know, an Italian beer, so you can't say that I'm xenophobic. And <laughs> so this is uh, this is what most people think. So this is the show that thinks, you know, maybe Prince Harry is being held against his will. But Jeff, that's misogynistic to say it. Do you not think that Harry could think these things independently? Um, I could credit it, but when I watch the videos, I just look at the way. He looks at the camera, the way that she looks at him, like, yeah, just like she's squeezing his fucking balls from underneath. I know he, look, I know that Harry could have all these identity pursuits. And obviously Harry's mother was that person, right? With landmines and whatnot. But I just think that he's punching so far above his weight that his, his balls are just constantly saying, just do it. Do what she says. Stay in this game. She is amazing looking. Just fucking say it. Something about the Commonwealth, just say it. Uh, I have already sworn there, so it's worth doing this week's cuss count from the last show, which is where we keep track of the curves of swearing. 18 fuckers. I think that that's three shows in a row now where we've had 18 fuckers. No, it's a fuck. 18 fucks. I've now just done five fucks there. But as we say, rules are that, that fucks in this bit aren't counted in the main figures. They're like care home deaths. <laughs> Weird point to laugh at. Anyway. Two fuckers, 19 fuckings. So that is a total of, what, 40... Oh, shit, maths there. 40... Oh, my God, I can't do it. I'm under pressure. 40-something fuck words. Three piss, one pissed, one pissing, 13 shits, and three wankies. So there was a lot of swearing in the last episode, uh, but I enjoyed doing it. Uh, welcome to a new VIP Patreon, John Viviani. Hey, John Viviani, that's a fucking cool name. You sound like a designer, John Viviani. Or maybe like a designer, like, you know, like when supermarkets have their own version of something like You're like the Asda George of like a haute couture. Classic, John Viviani, £22. Um, I'll be doing also for the Patreons. Uh, I was thinking of what benefits I could do. Now, you help me keep the show ad free. I suddenly thought, why can't I do adverts for people that have got companies that are Patreons, right? Because you're, you're reopening. You know, we've got to contempt people to get back out spending. So uh, in the middle of uh, the interview 
that I'm, I'm about to do, we will have a little hype for those businesses. And speaking of interviews, what an amazing guest we've got for this show. We've got Jonathan Pye. Uh, the man that does him, obviously, is Tom Walker. But Jonathan Pye is a huge figure. If you don't, if you haven't encountered him before, he's kind of like a he's a news reporter, but he breaks out into this ranty lefty guy. But he, what's unique about him as a satirist is that he kind of he attacks the right politically, but he kind of goes for the left culturally. And it's well worth, I mean, look, I don't know how much time you got in your hands. Maybe you're on the old furlough, right? The furlough, as working class people we now call it. But but watch a couple of videos just to get your head in the game of who he is. Because I, I think he's like one of the best around at the moment. So it was great uh, to get him on for a chat. And that's coming up shortly. So I'll, we'll get on with that quickly, actually. Just uh, a quick thank you. And it has to be for beer. It has to be for beer. Because I feel... I feel sorry for the women. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I know that some women do drink beer. You know, those those kind of uh, those women's libbers, <laughs> right? They're drinking their pints and smoking their roll-ups. And uh, but most women don't drink beer. Let's be honest. Most women's tasting alcoholic drinks. They want stuff that tastes nice, don't they? You know, like sweet or fizzy, fizzy or sweet, or you know, espresso malt. Anything that costs like fifteen quid and takes about four hours to fucking make. Now I. I'm. I feel sorry for you because obviously the drinks you get, they 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 look nice, they taste nice, but beer drunk is a fantastic kind of drunk. I can't really explain it because it, it kind of it imposes its own limits. You can't just sit there and just drink like five in a very short space of time. You you could you you'll be sick very quickly, right? So you you never see someone beer drunk crying on a step after two hours, do you? Yeah, I mean you might you might see them punching a copper after six hours. But, but you know it's just try getting beer drunk I think beer drunk is a great feeling and just just uh, uh, fuck you basically to all the people that hated on the beer drinkers what what has happened to this country you know yeah it was a bit packed in Soho but everyone's done that thing of like oh well it's, it's bad in Soho let, let's slate the whole country for the simple fact of going out and having a beer well you know what drinking beer is what has made this country great alcoholism is what made us who we are and it's what sustained us through the darkest hour, and it's what will bring us out the other side of coronavirus. Either that or we'll all get liver damage. Okay, welcome. Very excited to have this man on the podcast. It's, uh, it's uh, sorry, it's Tom Walker, isn't it? I <laughs> fucking... So that is you the, haven't even done that. That is the most basic amount of research. That is. I'm going to leave. Who, this, who am I interviewing? I mean, like, I'm going to leave that in because I think that the listeners to this <laughs> podcast, as as well as giving me shit over the sound, it is is one of the most exciting podcast guests I've ever had. And and within, I think we'll find twelve seconds. I sort of fucked it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I always find it weird actually when people call me Tom. Like if if people recognise me on the street, it's fine. Well, hey, Jonathan, you kind of go. I've got that little degree of separation. But when they walk past, go, oh, Tom Walker. He's like, how how do you know my name? Yeah, that's um, that's so disconcerting, right? Yeah, yeah, it's mad. But yeah, I mean, we first met. I don't know if you remember, but it's in the 2016 Edinburgh Fringe, and um, we were interviewed by the I newspaper. I do, I do remember yeah. the the the, the, uh, the sort of the. the the, the, the selling point, apparently, of that article was what happens when a right-wing comedian and a left-wing comedian get together and chat about comedy? And I think they were really disappointing that we were disappointed that we were basically on the same page about most things. Yeah, well... Uh, do, you know, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and I think that, that one of the things that's interesting in terms of chatting you is that I think that we, we sometimes get the same thing, is that I think people on the left 
sometimes presume that you're an agent of the right. And I get yeah. people on the right that think I'm this wishy-washy lefty that, um, that is actually like some sort of um, double agent. And I'm just wondering... Oh, I mean- uh, on some days, uh, for exactly the same joke, I can get you lefty snowflake and you are an alt-right stooge for, for almost the same uh, for the same joke. I remember, you know, obviously done a lot about Brexit in my time. Mm. And, you know, I, I voted Remain, but I was always I always thought it was not prudent, but it was more interesting for Pi to be a bit on the fence, right? And and kind of take him both sides of... Because it just wasn't happening, that, that you could have someone um, understand both sides of the story. So yeah. quite often I'd do a bit about Brexit and it would be you remoaning, blah, 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 and then... For, the, the comment underneath would be go you you voted leave didn't you 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 sold our country out and it's <laughs> for exactly the same thing but that is the nature of discourse well isn't that uh, a sign in a way that you're in sort of um, a good place because I suppose you know one thing that came out with that chat we had all that time ago was that we just were comfortable with and, and thought it was a good thing to have dialogue and it seemed like it might still be possible then four years later. I, yeah. I wonder if it feels like we're as far as we've ever been from constructive dialogue. I think I think so more and more, you know. I mean, that's the thing that really surprised me, suddenly being thr- thrust into this sort of, uh, you know, the, into, into the Twitterati and into, you know, modern left-wing politics. You know, I had no idea, for example, like, you know, standing up for free speech was a controversial position to take, you know, and, yeah. and, like, and suddenly you're standing up for... You suddenly go, oh, I believe in free speech, and, and you'll have these left-wing commentators going, well, so does Tommy Robinson, so so you must be a, 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 a white reactionary twat obsessed yeah, with Muslims I mean, as well. And you go, no, that's that's not, you know what I mean? It's, well, trying it's, to, it's, it's that thing of shaming you by pointing out false equivalence, right? I mean, we've got it yeah. happening right now, is that, that we had the letter about cancel culture, which was signed by J.K. Rowling and a number of other distinguished writers, uh, and academics and then one writer withdrew her support because there were other people on there that she didn't wish to be associated with which is we, such a clinky weird thing to do but right? it's so, so extraordinary that the reason she doesn't want to be associated with them is because it could damage her reputation and yeah. it might damage her reputation to the point where she might get cancelled so she's <laughs> apologising for writing a letter about cancel culture in fear that she might get cancelled What's really interesting about that letter is you've got these range of voices, right? You've got Margaret Atwood, you've got J.K. Rowling, which is the, either the devil incarnate or, or you know, God, depending what side of yeah. the, the debate you are with her. Do you know what I mean? You've got Martin Amis, you've got Chomsky, you've got all these people, <laughs> right? And, so, and some of these people you're going to fundamentally agree with a lot of what they have to say. And some of these people you're going to fundamentally disagree with some of the things they've said in the past and some of the things they continue to say. However, they're all on the same page about this one particular subject. And that, to me, says it all. If mm. you can't get your head around that and you go, oh, my God, uh, someone that I fundamentally disagree with agrees with me on this subject, I must repent. Uh, to me, it, 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 it's, it's this guilt by association, which is another sort of tactic. Do you know what I mean? People yeah. are really scared of it. I mean, it's quite bizarre that she... 
I mean, what, what did she think? She, uh, I read her tweet kind of going, I just thought it was some sort of airy, fairy... But she said um, it was vague. Like you know, online. Do you know what I think, though, Tom? And I think, in a way, I felt some sympathy. Because I, I bet you any money that she knew exactly what it said. And then what happened was she probably got monstered by her own side, right? And as we all know, there's that weird thing with the left that they like nothing more than devouring their own. It's this strange thing. Like, I, I often get away with a lot more, I think, than perhaps you would, because there is that need for moral and kind of... Uh, political purity that happens. I, to be honest, I don't yep. get that much shit off anybody anymore because they sort of think, oh, he's a right-wing Tory, selfish, heartless, bastard, idiot, racist, Brexit. And they just sort of think, yep. well, that's how he is, right? Th- this is why it, it, can, it melts some people's brains because the problem... I mean, like, I, I had a li- I'm sure we might get onto this, but I had a little spat with... Well, not spat, but I, I tweeted something um, uh, you, you snide about something that James O'Brien had said the other day, right? Ah, uh, yeah. So said, this you know, was... Should we just... Sort of, so what yeah. he'd said was he tried to uh, sort of create an argument whereby he said cancel culture doesn't really exist. Uh, it's just people who sort of love being racist, which I thought was a weird phrase anyway, because I don't know. I think if you are racist, it's just a state of being. I don't know if you love yeah. it, right? You love it. <laughs> it's well, not- he said that, he said that, basically, I woke up at the weekend. To, to suddenly, it suddenly was revealed to me that cancel culture wasn't a thing and that the culture war isn't a thing. Yes. And, if you, and if you, essentially, if you believe that those things exist... Uh, you are right wing. I think he said, uh, afterwards he doubled down and he said, I can say with some confidence that many alt-right people are adamant that there is indeed a culture war. Um, Everyone else is laughing at them. So if you even think there's a culture war, even if you disagree with him on that point, you're alt-right. And this is a massive tactic of certain people. The thing is, right, this is why it frustrates me so much. Um, I mean, and, And Owen Jones says something similar on the same day, cancel culture is just, um, you know, public people moaning uh, about people criticising them for having a go at minorities. Again, essentially, if you believe in cancel culture, you hate minorities. Yeah, they did seem to be. It was almost like a coordinated thing on the wokest WhatsApp group, whereby cancel culture is a myth. And the the other line that was trying to be pushed was that virtue signalling is just something that's been made up to beat good people for being good people. And I thought, well, if that's the yeah. case, the word sanctimonious has been around for a while and basically yeah, yeah, yeah. it means the same yeah. fucking thing. So so yeah. either the alt-right existed 400 years ago or, yeah. or or it's all, you know, or these are long-running trends in human nature. I think what's interesting about people like James O'Brien and, 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 uh, and Owen Jones and people like that, and, you know, I, I'm not here to... Um, you know, exactly slag them off all day, right? The, the point is, which is maybe where you and I differ in, in our relationship with them, I'm kind of on their side, right? Mm. If, if you were to look at mine and Owen Jones's and James O'Brien's voting record, right? Yeah, yeah. I imagine... I imagine they'd be pretty similar, if not exactly the same. Do you mm. know what I mean? A lot of labour, the occasional dabble with the Greens when it's local. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, do you know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 so we're, we're on the same page, and yet... Because I, by the, by their um, logic, but b- because I happen to think there is this problem with cancel culture, and because I happen to think that there is a problem with free speech and discourse in this country, then I am suddenly all right, or, or uh, a, a racist, bigot, or, yeah, a racist, or fash adjacent. Have you heard that one? <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah. Had that, I've had that one a few times. I mean, like, we're well, trying not, to demonise fascist, but. 
it was trying to demonise as, as many people as possible. And I wonder if, you know, going back to the point about the way that the left tend to love devouring their own, is that it's kind of like, uh, you know, like a, like a revenge beating in your own community or a kneecapping, right? It's a way, yeah. <laughs> it's a way of yeah. sending out a little message to anybody else, like, sure, you can see what happens here, right? And yeah, 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 yeah. I've obviously characterised that in a Northern Irish accent because, fr- yeah. frankly, it was the funniest I'm one. Glad you did that. Yeah, no, I'll take I'll take that one on the on the <laughs> on on the knee. But I think it was uh, I'll, I'll, I'll plead the comedian's <laughs> amendment there, and it was the funniest <laughs> accent available. It doesn't, and it, I think the point is, it doesn't achieve what it sets out to do. I mean, if you look at, for example. Uh, identity politics or sort of, you know, wokeness, identity identity politics is all about, I, I wrote something about it the other day, but it's all about, on the surface, it's all about bringing people together. But what mm. it does is it brings everyone together by separating them out into little tiny group well um, i mean it's already happened i suppose with kind of like you know if you're a straight white man uh if you're a white man i've seen increasingly um you know sorry my dog's barking downstairs she seems to uh, wait to i mean regular listeners to the podcast will notice she seems to wait till i hit record and then starts acting up like she'd do anything if there was somebody genuinely maybe she's just maybe she's just very political she's very no she's yeah she's calling us both out here she's like sort of <laughs> the owen jones of dogs um so, yeah, we had, you know, straight white men. Then I noticed even the left were sort of looking at gay, white, male privilege, and then it sort of cascades yep. down. Now white <laughs> white middle-class women have, have kind of been pejoratives and, you know, they're called Karens. I actually find... we got Karen. we yeah, got Karen. Yeah. I, you know, I find the Karen thing quite funny because, you know, as somebody that's involved in comedy, I do th- I find it amusing when a type of person is highlighted. But then, what you know, the problem is, is that there's this double standard here, similar with Gammon, is that the idea of like wokeists or identity politics, you know, is, is don't pejorative. Don't say yeah. that an entire group of people are yeah. bad. And yet so many of the labels that come from this side are, are exactly that. I mean, if you look at Gammon, it was stereotyping by age, race and gender. That's free isms. But, but also they, it's often attacking the wrong, the wrong things or just getting it wrong, the things to get upset about I, I was thinking about this the other day fashion is going you know that like the world fashion industry is going through a real woke moment yeah. right there have been a few notable moments over the last year or so one was on the catwalk there was this um there was this particular costume whatever you call it um that had this sort of noose uh, one of the models wore a noose around her neck as a sort of a necklace and a lot of people kind of went oh well that's really that's in bad taste and maybe they're right about that but then a lot of people uh, it got kind of really got blown up and it was about this idea that it was glorifying suicide right and for me I was just like well for a start no one's ever committed suicide with a hangman's noose um, <laughs> a, a kettle flex possibly <laughs> but not you know no one no you don't do that so you're sort of attacking the wrong thing but something happened recently as well on the catwalk there was this particular not that i'm into my fashion or anything yeah. um uh, i really am not if you've met me um but there was this uh, this particular catwalk show where the models had to wear these really weird grotesque um sort of oversized prosthetics so it made them look a bit like mr potato head right and um and i presume the thought was that if i stop looking at the pretty faces look at the costumes right and one of the one of the models was black and it was deemed racist because she had to wear these enlarged lips and that was thought of as a as a racial uh slur right even though 
even though it just clearly basically, basically Mr. Potato Head suddenly became yeah. uh, racist. And what I thought was really interesting about that is like you, you're finding offence one where there is none. But if you're appalled, that's fine, right? But my point is that you had people taking to Twitter irate at this Mr. Potato Head lips thing um, as a sort of a racial microaggression whilst wearing clothes that are sewn together for a dollar a day by yeah. little black kids in a sweatshop. And you're, going, you, you're fighting the wrong fight there. I think. And, and, you know, when something like, I suppose, Black Lives Matter happens or Me Too happens, is that I am always like, right, OK, I accept what you're saying. I, let's make it better now and let's make it better in the future. But this, it seems, you know, for example, there was a Welsh minister, Ian Drakeford, this week that said, <laughs> they said that we're urgently auditing our statues. And it was just something yeah. about the oxymoron of urgently auditing yeah. statues. And you just thought, you know, it's particularly in the middle of a global pandemic. Yeah. It, it, it's such a strange set of priorities. And, and again, I suppose I come back to this point of how how exercised is he personally? Like if you could get him in a room where he could just be totally honest without any comebacks, how important does he see it and how much of it yeah. is arse covering? And and that yeah. I, that's where I'm suspicious, I think. But also with the, with the statue thing, it is, and it sounds like, oh, it literally is I'm some alt-right, you know, um, commentator. But you go, oh, where does it end? And I saw a lot of people go, well, it's just gammons going, where will it end? But there is sort of, if you take it to its natural conclusion, this that mm. particular argument, um, Queen, anything with Queen Victoria has got to go because she is the, she is the, the icon yeah. of sort of imperialism, right? So she's got to go. Um, without They'd have doubt. to rename um, the pub in EastEnders immediately. Yeah, exactly. The, Queen the, Vic has gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and I think there was also someone calling. I forget which city it is is in, but there's a there's a, a bust or a, or a, a statue of some uh, fucking Roman uh, emperor. I was in York, uh, because, right? Because oh, right, because apparently he. Um, he agreed with slavery. You're like, no fucking shit. Mm. Um, but, I mean, yeah, it's a real diff difficult one, isn't it? I get it actually a bit more in America with these Confederate statues that were put up, you know, in the sort of middle of last century. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? As a pretty clear dog whistle. You go, they, they are not of much historical value, uh, to be honest. And I can sort of understand that. Well, I can understand that. But... Um, yeah, I mean, Nelson's column, that's got to go. It's all got to go, you know. So, so I think my point is, is if you even want a discussion on the matter, um, you could be, you know, deemed alt-right. Well, yeah, I mean, going back to that, that uh, James O'Brien tweet, was one, one of the odd things about it as well was that he'd kind of... Um, he'd couched it in the terms of goodies and baddies, you know, yeah. that there was this kind of, like, clear line between both people. And I thought, you can't really deny a war and then claim that, you know, we're all on the goodie side and, and, yeah. and they're all on the baddie side. And there's some things that he says that, that, that I agree with. And I don't know if he just, you know, there was something mischievous about it for him, but it, it, it was, um, it was quite surprising in how blunt and, and binary. I mean, that's the, one of the irony, ironies as well is for a, a wing of, of discourse, which is trying to, to get us to accept more nebulous boundaries between things. They can be strangely binary yeah. about their understanding. Of no, stuff. yeah, I totally agree that, that, that there's no nuance in argument, is there? You know, you, you're not really allowed nuance. Maybe there's a hundred kinds, you know, like there's a hundred genders. Maybe there's a hundred kinds of gammon. You know, maybe I'm like, a, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm like an entry-level gammon. 
Okay, just to interrupt the chat there with Tom, uh, just for a quick hype for our patrons. So our £5 patrons are Richard Dutton, David Clifton, Daniel Smith. I often try and make like a pop trio or a rock trio out of the names there. Dutton, Clifton, Smith. Maybe they, maybe they could be like Hall of Notes. Do you know what I mean? That kind of like 70s easy listening stuff. And a special shout out to Andrew Morsley, uh, who got made redundant. <laughs> didn't, that's not shouting him out for getting made redundant. Big up Andrew Morsley, who managed to... I don't know how big your payout is. Maybe you're happy about it. But I appreciate you still being a patron. So, you know, um, you know, and just stick with it. Obviously, if you've got no money, mate. It, look, if it comes down to a choice between me and having gas and electric, maybe have me and electric. Maybe just, just lose one of them. Um, but I also put out a shout on Patreon for people that have got companies here. So I'm just going to do a quick read of some adverts here. This it means that I don't have to grease the corporate cock, but I can help out normal people with businesses. So this is I got this from Giles. He runs the Portsmouth Distillery, which makes uh, gins and rums. And they also were uh, helping out making hand sand. So they're proper community members there. And they've got a new product coming out called Tudo Gin, right? Which means uh, that you... Tudor, sorry. <laughs> Tudor Gin. Well, I don't know what that means. You can drink it and maybe decapitate your spouse. But yeah, Portsmouth Distillery. If, if you live in the area, check it out online. Uh, I'm sure they've got an online presence. Um, show a bit of uh, support there. And I've got Julia, who runs a company called learntech.co.uk. It's where she teaches Key Stage 3 and IGCSE, uh, which is for Computer Science Online. She's been doing online lessons for five years now, and everyone is catching up and learning remotely. You're, you're like me, Julia, with this right-wing comedy thing. I've been doing it a while, and suddenly everyone's fucking having a go. Uh, she does live classes during the week for home-educated children, uh, i.e. children not at school at all, and she does recorded classes for school children who want to do the GCSE computer science, but their school doesn't offer it. Why wouldn't the school offer it? Right? I think computers are going to play sort of a big part in the future. You know, I've seen the sci-fi films. I know which way this is going. Uh, we've also got a company here called Conductor. They sell software for people to create crisis simulations. Sounds like uh, sounds like Twitter, really, doesn't it? Uh, these are used by businesses and others to rehearse for dreadful events. Uh, this is from Rob. And, yeah, that's the information that I've got. I think that's interesting as a business model. Like, so, Conductor, maybe they were. Maybe they'd already wargamed the whole pandemic thing, right? They'd already... Maybe the people at Conductor, if you went around their houses... They would have used that software and they'd already had paracetamol and bog roll. So maybe you want to, maybe even if you're not a company, you just want to game out the next few years with Conductor, you know, where you get sort of left-wing hate mobs attack, <laughs> setting fire to us in our beds. Uh, so that's for Rob. And then just find this from uh, Sarah Johnson. She says, I can't ask you to boost my business because I'm a hypnobirthing teacher and gentle baby sleep consultant. And I just can't see this fitting in with your hard one and lovingly crafted blokey image. No, fuck no, Sarah. You know, I think uh, hypnobirthing is a very geek. Look, it's not, but I'm going to mention your company anyway. Uh, www.thebabyexperience.co.uk. And if there's any blokes out there that you haven't really stepped up in the pregnancy so far, maybe this is the thing. Oh, babe, I just found out this thing called the uh, the baby experience. It's about fucking hypnobirthing. Now, can I get myself back down with the spoons? Is that enough? <laughs> It's interesting because, again, like there's been so much that's happened on this this week. Halle Berry had come out and said that she was really interested in playing like the character of a trans man. And then, you know, obviously she got monstered for that. How dare she as an actor? <laughs> like, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. But she, she used one of those quotes, which I think has become such a trope for this thing. She's like, I, I want to thank 
the people that that monstered me. I wanted to. I'm so grateful. Like they have to pretend like they're so educating me. Yeah, for educating me. I'm so please continue to keep telling me what I should think. And I think like. Fuck you, Hannibal, because you're part of yeah. the problem in a way that you're saying yeah. sorry when you're not sorry. What you mean is is that I'm scared. I want it to to stop. Yeah. You know, I, which, I, which, is, which is exactly the point because she she genuinely felt that she'd like to play a trans character, yeah, and then she suddenly had to backtrack on it. And also, genuinely wanting to play a trans character is a really um, a pretty standard thing, I imagine, for an actor who enjoys challenging themselves yeah. to do. I mean, there is this whole thing. I'm not suggesting we all need to start blacking up and playing Othello again, right? No. That's not what I'm <laughs> suggesting. But, 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 I mean, I am an actor, so I sort of... It, I mean, one of my first roles um, was playing a gay drug-dealing rent boy. Um, and only two uh, of those yeah. are true, right? Well, only at the weekend, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure I'd be casting that now because I don't fit the demographic of the person I was trying to play. And you and that there is something lost there, I think. Um, the, the <sighs> well, when Brian Cranston, you know, when he got that for wanting to play a disabled person, he just said, yeah, I'm a fucking actor, deal with it. Yeah. I, I do think yeah. we need, you know, and maybe this this letter that's been signed is perhaps the turning of some sort of tide. And what, what was interesting about, about this letter was, do you remember that speech uh, Barack Obama gave about a year and a half ago or so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I mean, really, it's, the same, yeah. It's, the, it's the same thing, right? It's the same yeah. thing. He's saying, don't tell the people that they can't talk about you because they don't have the same lived experience. Don't cancel people. You know, don't, be, be wary of, of the fringes of wokeism as such. When Barack Obama had said all that, it was widely acclaimed, widely shared and applauded, yeah. but then everyone seems to just like fucking forget the next yeah. day. Fast forward to 2020, right? And we get this letter and they're like, oh, well, another hero lost. You know, another... Another, you know, I mean, the weird thing about J.K. Rowling, where people say, well, I can't enjoy her books anymore. I sort of thought, well, try being really? a, a Tory comic. Every single musician I like <laughs> thinks that I'm a tosser. And, it, and they, yeah. would, they would, I can safely assume, a lot of my favourite comedians, Steve Coogan, thinks I'm a tosser. You know, like, yeah. like so I've, I just deal with it, okay? There can be a, a, a separation. You know, Harry Potter's still a great character. You and, know? and there has to be. Do you know what I mean? There has to be a separation between... I mean, it's sort of, yeah, I mean, the idea that I, I can, because I've got a brain, I can watch a movie with Kevin Spacey in and, and enjoy the performance. I mean, I can mm. do that. That doesn't make me a monster. I can listen to Michael Jackson. Although with Spacey, um, though, that scene in American Beauty where he has a joint with that young fella, you do, there are some scenes where you go, yeah... Yeah, well, I, see, I haven't looked m- m- many of them back retrospectively. Maybe they do. Oh no, no, that one wasn't like a. He just, he, he just has a, No, I'm not saying like he go. <laughs> he ties him up in an alleyway and fucking bangs him senseless. That would be a bit on the nose, right? But it's yeah. just it's just a scene in American Beauty where he's, he has a joint with this youngster, Ricky Fit. There's one thing that I wanted to to, to mention to you, Tom, because I sort of thought. You know, I, 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 you know, spend a lot of time critiquing the left. I think that, and this is maybe again where there's some Venn diagram between us, is, is that, you know, it's natural for you. You're sort of giving them advice, right? And that sort of is the same as me. A lot of the articles I've realised, a lot of comedy I'm doing is kind of like, do you realise how that particular wing of politics seems to people like me, right? Yeah. And, and they're so averse to that that I started to wonder, actually, 
is it just that the left is, is not so much a political movement anymore, but it's become a cause-based entity, right? That, well, there, there is, that's a huge thing to do with it. But yeah, go on. But that's what I mean. Like, is, maybe I'm not giving them credit for their sort of working out, like, hang on, if you want to win a majority in Britain, you you have to sort of become a bit Tory anyway, right? Well, well, this, well this, this is the point I was going to make, is, is what they haven't done is they've realised tactically it doesn't work to concentrate only on identity politics rather than uh, rather than uh, you know making sure poor people can afford to fucking eat um, <laughs> and 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 i think huge sways of the left still haven't worked out that we the left haven't won uh, an election in this country for well over a decade donald trump is in the white house bolsonaro's in brazil you know uh, you're not speaking to people because you're obsessed with these um, very worthy yeah, issues. But, but than, is that the point, though, Tom, is that they've, that they've sort of gone, we don't actually want the politics, we want the culture. Like, there's almost like... Because it seems so irrational and illogical to me, where you sort of... If you are a bit of the wokey end of things, what they, what they do like is, like long form things you know but like you say non-sexy stuff takes a long time you can only win an election every five years right but you can you can make a corporation backtrack on something every five days and and is is it because wokeism is a bit like a religion isn't it you sort of there are the incantations and the things that need to be done on a weekly basis to feel morally pure i'm just like wondering maybe i should give these kids credit in that they're just doing exactly what suits them which is not necessarily morally or politically right but like they just don't actually give a shit about majority, you know, winning a majority in the Commons anymore. They 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 value social and cultural power ahead of that, and and a sort well, of they, they value likes on their Instagram page, and, uh, yeah. and and I mean, you know, virtue signaling. Of course, it doesn't exist, but there is a lot of it about. You know I, mean? <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, there are. Tens of thousands of people. I've got a lot of them online, you know, uh, you know, fans and all that sort of thing. That are highly political on their Facebook page. But you ask them if they're bothered to go and vote. Ah, I couldn't be asked. They're all the bloody same, aren't they? It's like so you don't know what you're talking about. Then do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, there it's was easier that. To, it's easier to attach yourself to a cause than it is to read the occasional manifesto. Well, because they're more clear cut, aren't they? You can say, yeah. like, you know, it's almost like the Corbynist thing of like oh, the right side of history. Because um, yeah. they they want it to be black and white, but you know, in the twenty seventeen election, the youth vote was was pitched to like never before. Like I, I mean, yeah. grind for Corbyn, you know, everyone indie for Corbyn. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was everything for Corbyn, and the um, and and yet the the rise in youth vote was only two and a half percent, which, as I said on Mash Report at the time, is like classic millennials. They couldn't be asked to turn up to their own statistic, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I, I kind of thought, you know what, fuck you. Like, that, that election was your election, you know, with the old Jeremy yeah. Corbyn and, and all the music scene in it. And, and the net result was two and a half people out of every hundred young people, additional, yeah. were, were, were sort of forced out to vote. And I remember thinking at the time... You know, so you, there was long been a narrative that you got to make politics sexy to young people. You got to make it groovy. I thought, actually, no, you fucking don't. Like it is, it is. I mean, one is that it's never been sexy, and it's been for the last five years anyway, yeah, right? So if you're not into it now, you're never, <laughs> you're never yeah. gonna be right. And and the other thing is, why why should politics kind of like put on a fucking beanie hat just to try and get your approval? It's all, it is also, what it is. 
but also, I mean, the, the left have become so sort of puritanical and Mary Whitehouse and what Tories used to be. Yes. Um, that yes. actually the new call is to be right wing. I mean, it is true, you, especially in America, the, these these kids, it's it's the right wing uh, kids on YouTube and, that are kind of making making a bit more waves. It's the cool thing to do now, do you know what I mean? Because it's the rebellious thing to do because actually everyone is so set in these very... I mean, you know, tell, Mate, tell me about it. They're all jumping on it now, mate. When I was, you know, <laughs> 2013... I, I used to wonder now, like, it's certainly in the early stages of me talking about politics, everyone said, oh, you know, right-wing comedy, how do you do that? Oh, it must be so difficult. Now, I, I genuinely think this is that it's harder to do left-wing comedy now. And it's one of the reasons I'm such a fan of yourself, because I think it's fucking harder. Because, you know, for a lot of left-wing comedy, the starting point, you know, and I wouldn't apply this to yourself, but is I'm a good person. And that is not a great position to try and be funny from the great thing about pie is he, he's not he's a ranty fucking you know in your face he's got loads of great points but he's an aggressive guy right so he's well, not also pre- he is he, he 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 as i do advocates decent discourse but he's the the worst personality <laughs> yeah. he's, he's your he's your mate down the pub who and we've all got them and we've all become a little bit like him goes down the pub and rants about politics and can't stop talking about politics and gets angry every time he talks about politics. Um, I, I decided fairly early on to sort of make sure I have a pop at the left as well as the right. Because yeah. also, I, I was always a, a pretty brown standard Guardian reading lefty until this happened. And then I suddenly realised the idiocy and the extremes of the left. I hadn't really been aware of it before until I was thrust into this world. So it's worth aping it's worth taking the piss out of but i think the thing is as well right wing right wingers are much more used they've got a thicker skin because uh they used to be oh fucking tory aren't you evil yeah you're selfish bastard it's really personal when when i mean i get it all the time whenever i especially if i put something out that's having a pop at the left a bit and and the amount of people that you got this one wrong mate I've been a fan of yours for years, but no, not after this. It's just, it's, and also, it's not even an opinion. What I do, it's a fictionalized account yeah. of a possible, of a possible position that you could reasonably take at this juncture. Do you know what I mean? So you want to mix it up a bit and piss a few people off. I mean, I, I, when I was out in in America and I met a lot of Trump voters, interviewed quite a lot of Trump voters because it was like you know, let a couple. I wanted to find a couple of extremes, but then just talk to your average. Um, you know, Trump voter. And what amazed me about them is one, how up on policy they were. They knew their shit. But also, most of them, oh my God, he's a goddamn idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> but I, I wasn't going to vote for her, or da da da, or I believe him in on this, or, you know, whatever. They're, they're, they're aware and they're frustrated at him for being such a tit. I mean, that's putting it mildly. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. I think a lot of people, you could vote Tory quite easily and look at Boris and go, you are a fucking idiot, mate. What most people think. Pi was born out of Corbyn, really, and 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 I was I was really excited by him as a leader for a while because there was suddenly this left wing uh, politician in charge of a supposed left wing uh, party, and yeah. I just thought that of course that's a fucking healthy thing, and and, and a couple of their you know because he he lost two elections and both of their manifestos. It's like, oh my God, this is a proper left-wing manifesto. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But what is interesting, and I've never been a fan of Keir Starmer, particularly, just another suit and blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, I've been watching him do 
Prime Minister's questions and you're like, oh, shit, okay, that's that's good. Like, precise, <laughs> with a scalpel. No, mm. do you know what I mean? He's, I mean, and his comeback is always, well, that's what a lawyer would say. And you go, my God, a, an expert in law in a chamber that's <laughs> main purpose is to make laws and repeal them. You know, I mean, I, I'm... Yeah, I mean, I think he's if you're... Just, like... He's not just another suit as well. He's, you know, he's... he's 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 done his his time as sort of a human rights lawyer and a, do you know what I mean? They're right. Done, no, well, I agree. He's pretty legit. You know? I think he's good. I think he's a good politician, if you know what I mean. I think that the one thing he has sort of failed to do is take definitive stances on things. So. You know, the six tests for Brexit were a bit of a kind of semantic straitjacket. You know, with schools going back, he tried to play both angles. I think, like, in the chamber, he's fucking wicked. Like, he really... Yeah, 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 yeah. He is good. At some point... But he's, like, swinging the bat, seeing if he hits anything a little <laughs> bit outside of it, isn't he? Yeah. I, I, I and, and then at some point, he's got to do this really difficult thing, which is bridge the line between... You know, because when he got the job, it was all about win back the heartlands. Everyone agreed that that was yeah. his job. And then within a short period of time, it was you know, take the knee and be a, an ambassador for identity politics. So he's still got to, to bridge that line between him, his more uh, left-wing parliamentary Labour Party colleagues and yeah. the membership. And I, I just don't think it's bridgeable. I think that's the problem yeah. for them. Is, well, uh, I think, I think uh, uh, you know, uh, he's, he has got to do it, but it is the Labour heartlands. It is actually talking to people that voted differently than you in the EU referendum and winning them back. Do you know what I mean? Because... Mm. Um, Let's face it, they, they, I imagine it was people that voted leave that lost them the last election. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So you've got to win them back because um, they are your bread and butter. Do you know what I mean? I mean, the thing is, left-wing politics, I've said it a lot, that, that it used to be a working-class necessity and now it's a middle-class hobby. What most people think. The thing with me on the right is that there are people that think that I'm not right-wing enough, but there's so few right-wing comedians, they sort of think, well, we, he's the best we've got, we, you know, or like he's one of few that we've got, let's get on with it. How does it feel sort of not getting on with people on your own side of politics? Is that Does that get you down sometimes? Because obviously sometimes but, you come out fighting, but then other times you must just get pissed off about it. it I mean, that's the problem, isn't it? It's, it's people that are on my side. It's easy for me to slug off Trump and... Uh, and Blair and Cameron, uh, sorry, and Cameron and and uh, May and Blair to be fair, um, and, and and Boris. It's easy for me because they're not on my side, and I can attack them. But when it's coming from your own side, when you're, I mean, this is the thing it's, it's a bit cancel culture, you know. Left wing, especially comedians, um, misrepresenting me as a right wing comic, and they know exactly what they're doing by mis. You are the exception that proves the rule, really. But um, essentially, they're putting my career in jeopardy mm. by 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 framing me as either alt-right fascist jace right wing um uh, uh, what's the other one? you full idiot they use for the right do you know what i mean he doesn't mean to do it but and you just go, oh. no i get i get exactly that same you know, phrase i got that after mash report many a time for the sort of like center right follow back pro europe types and it, it's one of those phrases where like the... there's no answer to it. Yeah. There's no answer. It, it's like the phrase "unconscious bias" as yeah. well. There's no comeback to it because you go, "What unconscious bias is?" And I'm sure we all have unconscious bias, right? We yeah. all do because actually, of course, we do because that's how we live, don't you? You make some real quick fire decisions about things and people based on very little information until more information is in, right? But what essentially you're doing with that phrase "unconscious bias" is saying you. Uh, you're either a racist or you're unconscious bias, which means you're a racist, you just don't know you are. 
And there's no, yeah, exactly. there's no comeback for that. You and go, you say, well, I'm okay, not a racist. So you go, yeah, that's exactly what your unconscious would, would tell you to yeah, say. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, it, 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 I tell you, it's got easier. I, that was the thing that threw me the most when when this sort of bizarre career was thrust upon me. It used to really get me down. You've got, um, uh, you know, it's your peers, um, supposedly. I mean... Saying things generally over Twitter, which isn't the real world, but generally mm. over Twitter, that you go, that could destroy a career. And you've made sweeping statements about me. You know nothing about me, but I just said a joke or expressed an opinion that you didn't like. And that's the problem, bringing it full circle with the left as well. If there's one opinion. Being left wing used to kind of be about finding common ground and bringing people together. And, um, and now it's the opposite. You're either one hundred percent with me, or you are my enemy, and it and you know I've been sort of first hand on that because I dare to have a go at the left, and I dare to mistrust identity politics, and 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 uh, yeah, it it th- those have been the most painful things. I'm I'm over it now. Uh, mm. You'll be pleased to know, Jeff. But um, well, you do get. I mean, like with the that kind of thing is you get like a version therapy. You know, I I've had it. You know, where at first I did clash with some of my colleagues and stuff like. People were accused me of being disingenuous, pretending to be a Tory, being a character actor, and you just it just after a while, it so much of it comes and goes, and you just sort of think I'm I'm, I'm still standing, you know, and uh, and eventually when they they just get bored, and then they look on to think, the next person that they can try and do yeah. that too. I mean, I think the thing that I've learned is is that it, it used to get me really annoyed, and I think for about a year or eighteen months, I, I just was wandering around with a fucking cob on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I had was that ang- year. I was angry. Yes. Do you know what I mean? I was fucking angry at everyone. How dare you? So I mistrusted everyone. And I, th- I suppose actually, so I grew into this character where I was a bit of a twat to people for a while, online and sort of in the real world, because I was so defensive about being called all these, these you know, horrible slurs. And I think actually, I've not mastered the art, but actually it's about... I might think they're a dick and they might be being, uh, they might be misrepresenting me, but I'm just going to try and kill them with kindness a bit. Certainly in real life, just I've, I've learned to be a bit politer about things and be a bit more, okay, well, if that's... Well, it's the last thing that they. Well, it's the last thing that they expect. If if people haven't addressed, there've yeah. been a couple of times where people have come up, come to me and gone, yeah, you know that thing I said, man. Just I want you to know that I'm cool with you. I was like, I, I just, I wasn't that. You know, obviously I'm a bit fussed, but I want to do the power play where I go, yeah, man, I was never, I never gave a shit anyway. But yeah, yeah there was, yeah, yeah. I think like you, there was a period where I was angry. It was maybe like around 2017. It was the worst of it in a way. I just felt like, yeah. and like yeah. people were saying things in response to me where I was going like, we fucking know each other, right? Like we've met and we've worked yeah. together and you, you've, you've sort of accused me of wanting poor people to die in a public domain you go like i would never be idiotic enough to admit that in public i mean i say in (laughs) private (laughs) but listen man it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you is there anything plug-in wise or anything people should be checking out online um, actually i've got one gig this summer one gig. Uh, this drive-in. Uh, have you seen any of those being advertised? Yeah, I've got one of them in Northampton on like the seventeenth of July. I think I've got one in Brent Cross uh, on the. Let me tell you because I may as well sell a couple of tickets. Sorry, you can cut this pause out. Uh, the twenty-third, so two weeks tomorrow, in a car park in Brent Cross. 
23rd of so, July, Brent Cross, John. So is this a full length yeah. show? A sort of. It's co- not. It's a sort of a. I guess it's sort of a 50 minute set. I've got a, a warm up act. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name, but um, I'm sure he's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's sort of. It's sort of some old, some new. The problem is, my last show, there was a lot of Brexit in there. You me, walk on yeah, stage. Me too, yeah. You walk on stage and go, so Brexit. Everyone will go, mate. What the fuck are you going on about? We've not, moved on. Oh, it's, <laughs> but yeah, I highly recommend that to anybody to go and see that show. It's good. I think everyone should at least go to like one open air driving type gig because this thing might not ever happen again. And you yeah. might you might as well just go. I mean, it might be weird for the performers, but it will be an interesting night out for the people. And um, I think so. it's just getting people used to going out, and especially with these driving things. They they look like quite good fun, but they're properly regimented do you know what i mean because yeah. they don't want to lose their license if suddenly boris goes no that's it lockdown so you can sort of dip your toe in the water a bit in a completely safe environment whilst watching uh, a comedian massively struggling on stage well mate it, <laughs> we're, we're all gonna have to suck it and see and of course there's your, yeah. your youtube channel see that's doing great and loads of videos there for people to go and check out uh, yeah, and my uh, Facebook. Facebook's where I do most of my business, if you like. But yeah, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Just you, you can find me on, on. You can find me anywhere but the BBC. That's, uh... Well, listen, Tom, aka Jonathan Pye. It's been it's been great to have you on, mate. I hope to have you back at some time in the future. Thank you very much. Okay, so that is the end of the show this week. And uh, please, as, as as always, recommend it to people. If, if you think that they would like the chat, particularly with uh, Jonathan Pye, Tom Walker, then recommend it. That's the best thing you could do for me. If you're a bit tight on the old money and you can't afford the Patreon or whatever, just recommend it, you know, and keep it growing. And that would be good. For, um, £3 Patreons, Matthew Lagden, uh, Stephen Bartley and Joe White. Lagden, Bartley and White. That sounds like a fucking Undertaker's, doesn't it? Um, so I'm just going to check on uh, iTunes and see if I've had any nice reviews. So basically, if you leave me a five-star review, I will definitely read it out on the podcast. So this one comes from Pitbull Peeps. Uh, Pitbull Peeps. Uh, those are illegal, Peeps. Just so you know, mate. Uh, with so much woke and left-leaning news coverage, it's a refreshing change to listen to someone from the mainstream who says what most people think, or as I like to call us, the silent majority. Uh, although the accents need a little work. Right, Mark, from Peterborough. Yeah. What's a Peterborough accent? You ain't even fucking got an accent, mate. I, I don't live far from Peterborough these days. What is it? Just, yeah, you Peterborough. <laughs> I'm tired. You know this, I'm tired. I'm struggling to bring this show in. Uh, this is from Holly Fox. Oh, I'm going to say that was a sexy name. I think it's Holy Fox. Apologies, Vicar. Um, I adore Jeff's podcast. His occasional pauses to yell at his dog, the great guests he has on, the subjects he covers, and just how funny the podcast is. I agree with him more and more with how things in the media seem to be based on extremes and not reasonable discussion or facts. I've started switching off from most media and social media now since I realised Jeff, how much Jeff dribble is on there. How much dribble is on there. Dribble from both political sides and how well Jeff can sum it up for me in his podcast. Yes, that is exactly what I'm aiming at, Holy Fox. I definitely think it's healthy just to be getting your politics from me. Absolutely no issues there whatsoever. Uh, This was from Ben12345. Enjoyable show, but probably best know your audience before telling them about this podcast, right? Yeah? Thinks Diet Coke should sponsor him. Probably sums up what you're about to get. I don't even understand that, so you're probably from the liberal elite, but thanks very much for listening. Uh, And finally, from... Dope or Dople. Sounds like Del Boy doing a party political podcast for the Conservative Party. It's hilarious. Del Boy, 
Yeah, what, doing a pot? I can't get, do a Del Boy voice. Yeah, <laughs> lovely jubbly. Salmon on crew. Bonnet de douche. Avez-vous and sir? Well, that last one sounded a bit creepy. What most people think.